The Torah content from now through Pesach has been sponsored by the Kofsky family in loving memory of Adira, who loved big ideas and asking big questions. Hello, I'm Rabbi Matt Schneeweiss, and this is the Stoic Jew Podcast, where we explore the relationship between Judaism and Stoicism. Today, we're going to do something special. This is a suggestion proposed by my friend Albert, who responded to the survey. Thank you, Albert. Uh, Albert suggested that we do, from time to time, a a mail, what's called a, a mailbag episode, or what I would call a Q&A episode, where listeners submit questions either about stoicism in general, or about particular episodes, or about real-world scenarios, and I attempt to answer them. Uh, this is what I do in uh, what I do in Yeshiva on Fridays. We do a Q&A, and this is what I did all throughout my time as a high school teacher, lots of Q&As, and uh, there's a different kind of learning that takes place when it's prompted by real questions from real listeners or real, real students. So uh, since you didn't know about this in advance, I'm going to focus today on the first question that was asked to me as soon as I announced the existence of the podcast. This question comes from my my friend, Yul Schopper, who has his own podcast, which I'll link in the show notes. He asked, as soon as he saw the title, he said, are you a stoic? <laughs> um, and, uh, or I, I, I was trying to find the text of the question. Maybe, maybe it was more of an assertion of uh, of I didn't know you were a Stoic, okay, or something like that. But the question is, are you a Stoic? That's the question we're going to take up. So the short answer is no, but the longer answer is, I think, involves. Uh, the answer that I, I actually gave him was, I would consider myself a Stoic pro prokopten. I don't know if that's how you say it in Greek, prokopten, prokopten, and this is a term that is used by Epictetus. So let's look at. Epictetus in the Enchiridion, the handbook, uh, 48, uh, chapter 48, uh, sections one through two. So I'll just summarize it at the outset here is that according to Epictetus, there are really three categories of uh, people vis-a-vis Stoicism. There's the uneducated person, or in Greek, idiotes, obviously related to the word idiot. <laughs> then there's the philosopher, the philosophos. And then there is the, the prokopton, Prokopten, I don't know how to say it. The Prokopten, who is the person who is making Stoic progress. So this is Epictetus's uh, initial description. He says, the condition and character of the uneducated person, the idiotes, is this. They never look for benefit or harm to come from themselves, but from external things. The condition and character of the philosopher, the philosophos, is this. They look for every benefit and harm to come from themselves. The signs that someone is making progress, prokopto, are that they blame no one, they praise no one, they find fault with no one, they accuse no one, they never say anything of themselves as though they amount to something or know anything. When they are impeded or hindered, they blame themselves. If someone praises them, they laugh inwardly at the person who praises them. And if anyone censures them, they make no defense. They go about as if they were sick, cautious not to disturb what is healing before they are fully recovered. And then he goes on and elaborates. Now, Epictetus has a very... I guess, machmir, a very strict <laughs> definition of standards when it comes to being a Prokopten, someone who is, uh, is, is in Stoic training, essentially. And I personally think that he expresses it in too harsh of a way. Uh, I think that Seneca is much more realistic, uh, which is another reason why uh, one of the aspects I prefer about Seneca over Epictetus. But the closest I found to Epictetus describing what I view for myself uh, and, and my relation to Stoicism really comes in the discourses. Um, so this is in the, let's see here. Oh, sorry, no, it's not in the discourses. This is in the handbook uh, also in fifty chapter 51. So I'm going to read the whole uh, 
the whole section, but really I, I, I'm trying to get at the last part. He says, so this is where he's encouraging the reader to, uh, to start making progress. For how long will you put off demanding of yourself the best and never to transgress the dictates of reason? You have received the philosophical principles to which you ought to agree and you have accepted them. What sort of teacher are you waiting for that you put off improving yourself until they come? You are no longer a child, but a grown adult. If you remain negligent and lazy, always piling up delay upon delay, fixing first one day and then another after which you will attend to yourself, you will fail to make progress even without realizing, but will continue to live as someone uneducated until you die. From this moment, commit yourself to living as an adult, as someone who is making progress, and let everything, again, that's Prokopton, as someone who is making progress, and let everything that appears best to you be a law that you cannot transgress. And if you are presented with anything laborious or something pleasant, with anything reputable or disreputable, remember that the contest is now, that the Olympic Games are now, that it is no longer possible to put them off, and that progress is won or lost as the result of just once giving in. Now, this is the part I wanted to get to. This is how Socrates attains perfection, by paying attention to nothing but reason in everything that he encountered. But even if you are not yet Socrates, you should live as someone who wishes to be Socrates. Okay, so uh, again, I, I think that Epictetus is um, maybe maybe it's just for our taste, uh, or maybe it's just for my taste. I think he's a little bit too too harsh by saying that if you give in just once to non-Stoic ideals, then that should be like an, uh, something that is is, uh, is 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 a taboo. You know, it's it's a little bit overbearing there. Um, and again, maybe this is just my own personality or my influence from Rabbi Moskowitz that real progress involves lots of ups and downs, and if you put too much too much weight on on only being committed to the principles and then beating yourself up when you fail, that's not going to lead in a good direction. But that last point of even if you are not yet Socrates, you should live as someone who wishes to be Socrates. That's how I would answer Yoel's question of, are you a Stoic? The answer is no, I'm not a Stoic, but I am someone who is striving to embody Stoic ideals and practice Stoic uh, techniques uh, insofar as they are in line with Judaism and with what I think is is true and good. And uh, and therefore, I would consider myself a Stoic Prokopton, not a Stoic. Uh, that would be ridiculous. And obviously, there's other reasons why I wouldn't consider myself a Stoic, because as we've said, Stoicism is its own, not only has its own ethics, but also has its own metaphysics. And uh, and I'm not not I'm not not into the Stoic metaphysics uh, and uh, not so interested in them. And and we we have metaphysics from Torah, which came from Hashem. We don't have to figure that stuff out on our own. So I'm I'm uh, I'm someone who uses Stoicism. What is the Bruce Lee quote that I always quote? Uh, absorb what is useful, reject what is useless, and add what is uh, uniquely your own, or something like that. Um, and that's kind of my relationship to Stoicism. It's just that I found a lot of benefit in Stoicism. Oh, speaking of Bruce Lee, that was another thing I wanted to read. Uh, a good example, I'm, I'm currently reading this book by Bruce Lee's daughter, Shannon Lee, called Be Water, My Friend, The Teachings of Bruce Lee. Um, and she describes her father here. Uh, Bruce Lee also, I mean, Bruce Lee was into many uh, areas of philosophy, and Stoicism was was one of them. And so she says, my father was not always successful at maintaining his awareness and his cool, but he understood the benefits. In fact, he was a, a fiery, fast-paced, driven man who could have a temper. When things didn't work out or when he hadn't approached a situation with the utmost of awareness, what would he do? He would get upset, which is the normal human response. Then, after he felt all the feels, he would get really quiet for a while. He would quiet his mind to get back to a neutral state in order to see the whole picture before moving forward again, like the little pooling swirls and eddies in a stream that form and spin around before the water flows forth once more. So again, that's that's Bruce Lee was a human being. He taught uh, he taught 
ideals and strove to practice them. But at the end of the day, when he got angry, he got angry. But then the key point, which differentiates between the idiotas and the prokoptan, is that instead of just giving into his emotions and then letting them wreak their havoc and then and then going back to his life, he reflected on his ideals and quieted himself and centered himself, allowed himself to feel what he was feeling, but then strove to to return to those ideals and to to learn from his experience. And uh, and and that's really what I strive to do as well with these ideas of stoicism. And this also reminds me of something from Seneca's letter number nine, which we quoted earlier, that uh, when he's talking about the difference between the stoic Chacham, the stoic wise man, and the, I believe it was the I forgot if he was criticizing the Epicureans or the Cynics. He said, there, th- there is this difference between ourselves and the other school. Our ideal wise man feels his troubles but overcomes them. Their wise man does not even feel them. And I think that step is is connected to this idea of making stoic progress, which is which is not not trying to deny or 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 push down uh, or or reject these quote unquote failures but to feel them and to allow yourself to experience the emotions that are not yet refined by the ideas and then work from there as opposed to just beating yourself up for, for deviating from the ideal and then not looking at at the nature of that failure and what you can learn from it. So oh, one more point also regarding that the initial quotation of, uh, of if, even if you are not yet Socrates, you should live as someone who wishes to be Socrates. Uh, Rabbi Moskowitz in discussions about, about lo lishma and lishma uh, about learning Torah and not for its own sake versus learning Torah for its own sake, uh, would all, often say that what is the best lolishma, what is the best ulterior motive for learning Torah and keeping mitzvahs, is to uh, to be seen as a chacham, to be seen as a wise man. And he said the reason why that's the best thing is that it, even if your goal is to be seen as a wise man, to be, you know, for, for that honor or for that ego, whatever it is, if you strive to do things to be seen as a wise man, that at least will prompt you to act in ways that are in accordance with the behaviors of a wise man. So it's going to keep you on track much more. And that's what I'd say here also, is that even if you are not a stoic philosophos, if you, in your in your stoic development, if you act and, uh, with that goal of wanting to be a philosophos or, or even wanting to be seen as a philosophos, then hopefully that will have the effect of, of influencing your behavior towards that end. That is it for today's episode. And I, I don't know what the fate of this uh, mailbag episode thing will be. I guess what will happen is if you send me questions, then we'll do Q&As. And if you don't send me questions, then we won't. <laughs> um, so if you uh, if you are, have any questions about particular episodes or real world scenarios, feel free to email them to me at rabbishnewas at gmail.com. And, uh, and that's it. So if you've learned, if you've gained from what you've learned here today and would like to support my production of even more to our content, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash rabbishnewas. Link is in the description. Thank you to my listeners for listening and thank you to my patrons for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.